For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to CHN Radio. It's your Sheffield United recap. We are we could possibly be talking about the worst performance Newcastle United have made since we started this this podcast. And that's really impressive considering some of the performances we've had to talk about over the Also year. also really impressive because like we make the joke about how everyone tweets like this is the worst performance I've seen Newcastle <laughs> in all my 13 and it's like this is the worst performance you've and- seen since two days ago but yeah. like this legitimately oh, this is like like this is the first time i'm like oh yeah this was this was probably the worst newcastle match i think i've ever watched like yeah. ever and it's two po- and this is the best team co-host in the land elijah newsom by the way yes at and your service follow him at elijah underscore newsom follow me please at don't at nufc underscore greg follow the podcast at chn underscore podcast and then follow the main site at coming home nufc I would like to address uh, some rumors. Uh, yeah. I forgot to on Saturday. Uh, contrary to popular belief, I was not at the Capitol last weekend. Oh, oh last oh. week. Yeah, people people seem to think there was a picture floating around of a guy that kind of looked like me. It was not me. So I Not only did he look the- like you, but he was wearing an orange shirt hoodie yeah. that could have been Syracuse, uh, which is where you attended it- university. It was a bad look because I wore a very similar outfit like mm-hmm. when I left for vacation last week. So it like legitimate like my mom was like, "You wore this outfit like so." I mean, you can't be upset. <laughs> but also, the guy like made a face that I would make like, and I have a lot of red hats, so it's just. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was bad. Bad. No, you know it's on the hot seat. Me for having red hats because I like red. It's a good color. But then like having a red hat was not the most favorable thing you could do in, in America starting in 2016. So like, it was just kind of sucks for my hat collection, but anyway, yeah. though, well, my favorite baseball team, red and white hat. So yeah. So uh, yeah, sucks, sucks <laughs> for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, follow the main account at coming up in UFC, follow the yep. podcast account at CH and underscore podcast. I, I think because now that I'm acting site manager, I have to start writing things for the site again, Ooh. which is awkward. So yeah. we'll be doing that. I think Murs is going to start writing stuff. But hey, if you want to write for the site, let 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 a brother know because it's cool vibes. I'm a cool boss. <laughs> so the, those are the positives of writing yeah. for coming on Newcastle. The negative is that you have to write about Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, that's the negative. That's, that's the negative. All right, your, all right. Let's get into this negative. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let let's get into let's get into three words and then we'll get into just the entire just shit show that was this this game so uh 
after every match, we ask you to come up with three words to describe the match. Um, and then we read them on this show and you all deliver like you do every time. We'll start with Eric Schmidt at NUFC Indiana. He said only at Newcastle. Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. By the way, uh, Elijah and listeners, he is moving to Iceland in February. So what in the world? Yeah. So congrats to Trevor Mooney uh, and his soon to be wife, uh, Raggy. Um, but he said, Brucey's in- infinitely shite. Um, Alex in a field. Uh, that's just a weird at. So just Alex in a field. Uh, our club ruined. Mr. Steal Your Worldwide says, bottom feeders grub. Jake at Jam Jarney Jake said, Steve Bruce classic. Blake at B Munch says, sack Bruce yesterday. Alex Passine says relegation battle ahoy uh darren davison uh says bruce fucking out and jason will i am son which is kind of that's funny uh sack bruce now (laughs) um yeah so we kind of that prelude if you didn't if you didn't see the match at all and you don't know what happened and you're listening to this podcast to find out uh you are in for a treat so Let's get into it. So we're, we're going to kind of break away from the match, uh, f- like going over match events as they happen, because just, that just doesn't happen with Newcastle United anymore. So we're going to talk about the talking points. And the first talking point that I want to cover is this lineup. So uh, um, we'll do that how we usually do our show. So I'll read the lineup and then Elijah go in. Uh, we'll say our, we'll have our two cents there. So uh, we had Darlow. Yedlin, Dummett, Clark, Cher, Fernandez, Hayden, Hendrick, Sean Longstaff, Fraser, and Callum Wilson. And on the bench, we had Dubravka, Maddie Longstaff, Jolinton, Gale, Almiron, and my boy, Elliot Anderson. Elijah, take it away. Yeah, uh, it's actually a little bit interesting because I, like, I don't know. I was not paying as much attention to the lineup as maybe I should have because See, I was the first thing as I saw it. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I saw was like, it's a five in the back. Already terrible. And I was like, (laughs) terrible, but I'm not surprised because Steve Bruce. Um, But honestly, after that, my first thought was like, why is Jeff Hendrick in the starting lineup? Like, that was it. I didn't actually look at anything else. Like, because I mean, I can't fault anyone really for dropping Miguel Amron. He hasn't really been great the past couple matches. Um, But like, in my head, I'm like, if Miguel Amaron's not playing, that means that, like, I, I was like, okay, Ryan Fraser ahead of Miguel Amaron is not a ridiculous, like, thing to do, considering, like, we've missed a, a player that actually is, like, a little bit more, I would say, composed on the ball. I think Miguel's kind of struggled with composure on the ball recently. So, like, I, I just kind of brushed that aside. I did, And I, I don't know. I, I just, like, didn't really think of it. And then, like, the more and more you look at the lineup, the more and more frustrated you get because, like, I, and for the sake of, of of just pure, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say argument, but just for the sake of, like, this conversation, you could argue that Newcastle essentially put out eight defensive players. Uh, Jeff Hendrick is a CDM. Like, he plays right mid, but he is a CDM. He's not really a really an option or threat going forward by any means. Isaac Hayden, we know he's a CDM. He's such a good CDM that he's a good center back. Uh, so there you go. Sean Longstaff, I wouldn't consider a CDM because he's not really good at defending. 
but he's also not like he hasn't been great at attacking at all this season. So like he's a central midfielder, but I guess you could say he's defensively minded under Steve Bruce. I don't know. So like that's that's the midfield you're rolling out with. And then you've got two attackers in Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. And then you go with the back five featuring like, I mean, obviously you have your three center backs and DeAndre Yedlin is a more offensive minded fullback. But Paul Dummett is Paul Dummett. Like over the past three seasons, his best position has been as a center back and a back three. So that's that's the direction we're headed. And this is against a team that has two points uh, in in the Premier League. We had more center backs that we started uh, than points Sheffield had uh, at 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 the time of the, the start of this match. And this is a team that like you can attack. And so I think that was a frustrating thing for a lot of fans is that this was a lineup that screamed. We are ready for a draw. It didn't scream we want to win this match because you only had two dangerous players. I think even if you started Maddie Longstaff instead of Sean Longstaff, because Maddie takes risks sometimes going forward, maybe you feel like this is a little bit more offensively minded. But in reality, you started two offensive players and you started eight defenders and a good goalkeeper. Uh, and that is has to be incredibly frustrating if you're a player. Um, and someone brought this up and I'll bring this up later when we get into red card situations. But I mean, as a player, I don't know how you can really have confidence in a manager that does not want to play an offensively, an offensively minded lineup when facing a team at the bottom of the table. Like if you're, if you're a Newcastle player, you have this match circled, especially after the recent run you've had where it's like, maybe you've gotten unlucky against Arsenal. Maybe you deserved a draw or maybe you deserve to go into penalties or maybe you felt as if you deserved a one nil win like sure whatever and Leicester again like that felt like a draw for a long period of the match and you got a draw against Liverpool like but at the end of the day you had eight matches where you didn't really pick up a result this is the one match where you're like okay like we can do something like Sheffield is bad like they are real like historically bad and to put out a lineup like that if you're a player I'd be pissed because it's like, this is, this is where we turn the season around right here. And uh, we instead put down a, a lineup that's ready to roll over and take a ass whooping. Yeah. I was, my first reaction is I just saw four center backs, three defensive center mids, one winger and one striker against the worst team. Uh, when we have essentially a full squad outside of Allen St. Maximin and uh like just that lining up shows like, wow, we're really going to bunker in against the worst team and arguably and literally arguably could be known as the worst team in ever in the premier league to ever have been in the premier league. Yeah. Uh, 11 points would, would be is the record and they have two in mid January. Well, now they have five. Well, have five, so, five now. Yeah. Uh, so they're still technically the worst team ever. Um, and we just lost them. We, the, they had 18 matches, 16 losses and now one win. So uh, I was just shocked at that point. I just said, like, I just thought literally like I could literally name a better team than this. And like, why, why could I do that? But our manager can't, can't, it just doesn't make any sense, but um, let's go to the match now. So our just season just continued to unravel uh, with this. We lose one, nothing, but um, basically the way it looked is like outside of like scoring on ourselves, we pretty much did everything in our power 
to not win that game. <laughs> that's my, that's my synopsis. So like, uh, yeah, I think there's one point in the second half where um, like just in the second half, like the first 15 minutes, I think Sheffield had over 90% of the possession in. The yeah. Second. It was uh, at the 50, 50- fifth minute mark they were at like 80 to 82 84 to 12 or something like that and then it just got worse yeah they went over 90 after that so it was uh so it just like worse than if we played city honestly it's like this is worse than that um but we um even when we had 11 like we were just gave up possession. Like as soon as we got it, we had no plan whatsoever. And our plan was just a bunker. And uh, the first thing that we'll talk about is uh, the red card. It was honestly made no sense. And like Ryan Fraser is not a dirty player, but like, like I just don't understand what he just essentially like said, yeah, I just don't want to play this game. I guess she had two yellow cards in four minutes and like, they're just blatant. Like the first one was a bit excusable because it was like a genuinely like it was it was not a good tackle like it was yeah. there but was I an attempt to win the ball more, but more like it's it's lazy it's lazy and, yeah. and the second one was was just like the second one was get me off get me out yeah and and uh, someone brought this up but it's like two yellows in the span of three minutes is sending a message to the manager of like. I don't believe in you. I don't want to play for you. Get me off this pitch. And ultimately, like, the first thing I thought of when I woke up this morning is, where the hell is Alan St. Maxman? Because, like, I get it. Like, and I've had friends who have who've had COVID. Like, I've had friends who've had COVID, and they've been in the hospital. And they have returned to living life quicker than Alan St. Maxman has. He's in no rush to get back to Newcastle. Like, no rush whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. I legitimately think that at this point, he is waiting for Steve Bruce to be fired because, like... Do you think he's, he's pulling a Ryan Fraser at Bournemouth right now? I, yeah, I mean, like, th- there's no motivation for him to come back. I mean, the team doesn't look good. Uh, they're, like... And the club is... They've they made some weird statement a couple weeks back when oh well, almost a month ago. Jeez, time well, flies. Let's, let's let's wait. Let's save this for our news pod because we we should really dive into that. Okay, um, we'll save for the news pod. But yeah. just know, like, I'm I'm just gonna put this out there. I I think Steve Bruce has lost the locker room, which is something that we don't say regarding soccer ever. It's a very popular American football like really popular American football saying like you've lost a locker room and basketball as well. But Steve Bruce has legitimately lost a locker room. Like th- it doesn't seem like any player wants to play for Steve Bruce. And the frustration is evident. Like bring it back to the match. I know there was one point where Federico Fernandez was just yelling. Like he had the ball at the back and he was just yelling at the team to do something. And like I tweeted, I was like Federico Fernandez is, is visibly frustrated with like the lack of movement on offense but like no one knows what to do because there's no offensive plan. Yeah. And like you look at like the Fraser thing is one thing, but if you look at like how Newcastle were trying to progress the ball forward, it was sideways passes, giving the ball away, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, whatever. But I think every time the ball was sent forward to Calum Wilson, it was sent forward to Calum Wilson in a wide position. And it's like, what the hell do you want Calum Wilson to do in this position? Like he is the person we need to be swinging and, and no one else to. running into the box. And it's like the only person near the box is Ryan Fraser, 
who Ryan Fraser is the same size as Brian Nelson. Like they're five four. Like what what do you want Callum Wilson to do in the situation? Like cross the ball and and of course Callum is like either forced to like try to play it out for a corner or like just doesn't have the doesn't chase the ball at all. So it's like I don't know. I think Steve Bruce has lost the locker room, but we'll definitely talk about it in the uh, the news pod. But yeah, I mean. The, the, the red card was deserved and it definitely felt as if like, and people were mad and saying like, this is typical from Ryan Fraser. Like he, he stepped out on Bournemouth. I don't blame him. Like I, I wouldn't want to play for this. And it makes no sense. If you're returning from injury to start immediately after returning to training two days ago, I'd be pissed because that just clo- that shows that the manager has no idea what he's doing. Like none whatsoever. Uh, and there's a lot to, to dissect regarding team selection, and that's one of them. The other is Paul Dummett returns from injury after not playing for damn near a year, and he plays 120 minutes. And you're and the first thought from Steve Bruce is, let me start him again the next match. Yeah. And then, of course, like Steve Bruce is shocked Paul Dummett goes off with an injury. Dude, we're yeah. talking about Paul Dummett, whose hamstrings are made of fucking pasta noodles. Like, let's be real here. Like, you shouldn't be starting a guy who's played 120 minutes. But yeah, we're we're getting off topic. What's what's next? Is is the first goal? Uh, so like we showed literally no attacking threat in the first half um, with uh, with eleven players on the field, and second half was ten men, Newcastle, and we just tried to like force our way to a draw. Like we we looked better than the first half, but still terrible. Let's not get away from that. Um, and then all, it all changed in the 73rd minute uh, when Billy Sharp and Federico Fernandez, they got into a little tussle and it was in Newcastle's box. And then um, the ball, like I didn't see it live. The ball hit his hand and uh, it went to VAR and the referee decided that he uh, cleared the ball with his hand and awarded a penalty. Um, we, we, Let's just talk about that first, and then we'll talk about something that Sharp did a little after that. Uh, well, wait, was this before? Was the red card? No, no, actually, the red no, card no. was before. Red card was before, and then this happened. And then the, I mean, uh, what I you want to talk sharp, about. Right, there should have been Sharp red card. That that happened 15 minutes after this. So, uh, okay. You're, okay. You're in the right order. You're in the right okay, order. Okay, cool. Um, um, yeah, Sharp please. sent Darlow the wrong way, uh, and that was his 100th goal for Sheffield United and it's one nothing Sheffield. By the way, uh, think about that yes. penalty. What a career for Billy. Like got to give him like I mean he's closing in on 250 Premier League goals, which is absurd if you yeah. think about it. Um or 250 English football goals. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think it's Premier League goals cuz no. Alan Shearer has that record. It's not 250. Um yeah. but yeah, uh, uh this was a weird one because like I'll I'll put it like this. Clear and obvious is is a term that's definitely like something that people are going to throw around with this. Um, See Bruce did, them. Did Federico Fernandez swipe away intentionally the ball from? I think that was Billy Sharp's foot. Oh, yes, he did. But was Federico Fernandez fouled before that? That is also something that is is like you could argue, and I think that's where it gets frustrating if if you're a neutral. Because I have friends who are watching this who are neutral, and I was wondering why they subjected themselves to this. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I was like, I don't know why the hell you're watching this, but they they watched it. 
And um, they were like, it's weird because like, it looks like it's a bit of a back and forth. Like Federico was definitely being pulled. And I think that's why he's upset. Uh, But in that same vein, like he definitely swiped at the ball. And so, I mean, uh, like it's, it's, it's weird because it's, like you, you, it's a very blurred line, and that's like a very tough call to make, even with VAR or without VAR. Like, that's just one of those calls where, like, if Newcastle were on, if that was happening to Newcastle fans, we would be like, that's a pen. But because it's, it's like one of our players doing it, there, we're just like upset about it. And that's just, that's football. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to be like, damn, that shouldn't have been a red card, or sorry, that should have been a pen because, like, I don't know if that was happening in Newcastle. I'd be like, yeah, that's a stonewall penalty. He swiped, he swiped at the ball with his hand. Like if it just hit Federico Fernandez's hand and like, I'd be pissed, but he literally well, moved his arm down and swiped the ball away from, uh, from, from the guy's foot. So new rule change. If there's a handball in the box, it should no longer be a penalty. It should be a free kick from inside the box. I mean, I don't care. That's, that's, That'd be fun. Sure. Like people have I'm said tired that a of lot. Game because... being decided by like a toss up handball. But that's not a toss up handball. Like, I, I think that's the issue. It's like, that's a clear handball. Like, he literally looked like yeah, when okay, they slow it down, he looks and he like slaps the ball away. I think the issue is that like he's clearly fouled beforehand and that part is, is, is ignored. And I think that's why Newcastle fans are upset is that like there is a foul before the handball like the handball does not occur if there's if that foul because it without Federico Fernandez being fouled and like that is a fair point but that's just one of those things where it's like that happens in football where it's yeah. like it's always going to be those 50-50 decisions and it's like the ref could have like I don't know I don't know uh, it's just if the shoes on the other foot we'd want this to be a penalty but it well, wasn't and so that's what happens uh let's talk about sharps uh like how Sharp didn't get a, a red card with his foul on, on Fabian Chair. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not much to talk about. I mean, he's, and he got he's, a yellow. Yeah, he stamped on the back of Fabian Chair's leg uh, pretty deliberately, like well past Fabian Chair, like dribbled past him, and he just did it. Is completely reckless. Um, a somewhat biased, not biased, but a somewhat like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say biased, but they were kind of definitely like, not they they were praising Sheffield a ton for their work in the match and rightfully so but even the the commentators like that's that's a red that's reckless like that's the first thing the guy says is like that's reckless like that should be looked at as a red and it's just weird that VAR didn't look at it I think that's still something that has to be figured out is like what does VAR look at what constitutes that and that's still just very unclear Partially because the, the idea of VAR is unclear. It's inconsistent league to league. It's inconsistent country to country. It's inconsistent between FIFA and UEFA. It's inconsistent between UEFA, FIFA, and CONCACAF. Like, it's it's just inconsistent all around. So, um, I don't know. I think in, like, if you're looking at a Bundesliga or an MLS, like, in Bundesliga and MLS, pretty much every foul is looked at, regardless of, like, whether or not it's a obvious yellow or an obvious, not a yellow. Like every call is looked at by VAR. They don't tell you, but you know, just by watching the matches that like every call is currently being looked at by VAR. But in the premier league, for some reason that is not really, it's just kind of like whenever the VAR referee decides, or sorry, that's a double entendre. Whenever the VAR guy decides like, Oh, I want to look at this. That's when they look at it. So yeah, yeah, it's a clear red. I don't know what else to really say about it. I mean, it doesn't change the outcome of the match. Like, 
if he gets sent off, Newcastle still failed to do anything in attack because it's Newcastle. Like yeah. we've we've sucked against we sucked being up a man twice so far this in in well sorry twice in the year 2020 we sucked being up a man so who cares yeah uh so one more one more thing to note i wanted to shout this out before we get to quotes uh this was written i'm going to read this word for word from nufc.com which they just sometimes almost george calkin-esque deliver exactly what everybody's thinking and feeling at the same time uh so i'll read what they wrote they said uh tonight was the worst we've played this season and Oh, sorry. Tonight was the worst we've played this season yet. And by Christ, that's some feat given the grim trite we've endured for the most part. It's as well that this game was played behind closed doors as this wretched display would have surely have brought incense away supporters on the field in protest. And who could blame them? We are a work in progress. All right. We're well on our way to the championship under this buffoon. Keep the St. James Park turnstiles locked as long as you can. If Newcastle had to give away 10,000 season tickets in the top flight, how many Bucksy ones will be available down there? <laughs> Bruce will doubtless lament the timing of this game, the evil VAR, or the fact that the M1 wasn't gridded properly, but COVID has undeniably sent his season into freefall. Ever since the first positive test at the club, uh, 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 ever since the first positive test at the club appeared, though, Bruce has given his players every excuse not to perform, and they've done that admirably. Uh, they are the architects of their own collective downfall, unable to be proactive and suffering the consequences. Coming here not to lose was utter disgraceful. The staggering lack of managerial ambition motivation is clearly evident. The ineffectual efforts of some players betraying the contempt they clearly hold in him. Bad apples, dead wood, call them what you want, what you like, but there are some in the squad talking money under false pre- uh, taking money under false pretenses, not all of whom featured tonight. At 0-0 here with 11 men, we casually give the ball away time after time and didn't look the least bit bothered. On this evidence, Jeff Hendrick has another decade of strolling around in him. I'd rather pay David McCreary to play there. It all amounts to a mutual vote of no confidence, mirrored in the rising tide of ill feeling in the fan base towards both the players and the manager. If he's not careful, then the owner might be back to the bronze medal spot at the unpopularity contest. But of course... Mike and his minion ultimately bear responsibility for all of this. Dumping Bruce, just giving them another chance to saddle us with another utter plum in the dugout. This is becoming all too familiar. Echoes of the last relegation season at this point under Charlton McLaren grow even louder, and our fixture list does nothing to inspire confidence. That was from NUFC.com. Brilliant by them, as always, and extremely true. I would like to now... Just give a quick shout out to Lee Ryder, friend of the pod, for his damning words uh, to open up his match recap. He says, inexcusable, humiliating, pathetic, carefree, leaderless, shambolic, and in dire need of change. And that's just for starters, Newcastle United. They could be going down again if they aren't careful. It was a footballing disgrace for Toons fans back home and an insult to the club crest. Steve Bruce can't complain that any criticism that comes his way following one of the worst results in the club's Premier League history. At other clubs, a head coach will lose his job after one win in eight and having been dumped out of two cup competitions in a month. Yet the players should hang their should also hang their heads in shame in this after this one too. Yeah. That uh that 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 sums it up and rarely does a the chronicle which like whether people like it or not, the chronicle is probably 
the number one Newcastle United like related source. Like they are the paper. Like when you associate journalism in Newcastle United, the Chronicle is the first thing that comes to mind, whether people like it or not. And for them, and Lee Ryder especially, a a a, a writer that is not liked at all by Newcastle fans to uh, come out and say that is is baffling uh, and and a, a shock to a lot of people, myself included, because Lee is very like. I want to remove my emotions away from this and for him to even say something like that. Like you expect NDFC.com to, to put out something like that because that is what they do. They are fans, but Lee Ryder is someone who is a neutral. And uh, it's uh, when you, when he said like that, uh, it's an embarrassment to the club crest. That's coming from a neutral like that. That's, that's a damning ac- accusation. And uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. That's uh, that's that. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and on the other side, we'll do some more quotes, some stats, and our worst player because there literally was not a best one. Uh, we'll do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah, let's get into some quotes. You ready? Uh, Steve Bruce said, I've got no issues with the red card. We can't argue with that, and you can't argue with how poor we are in the first half. If you're in the bottom half of the league, it is always going to be difficult. We have to be difficult to play against. I offer no excuse but we must be more of a threat going forward. Whoever you are in the Premier League, the pressure comes upon you. That is what we have to deal with. I'll never, ever walk away from a challenge. I've been in uh, – oh, this was uh, – this is when he was asked about uh, the criticism of fans wanting him to be fired. He said, I'll never, ever walk away from a challenge. I've been in it long enough to have that respect, but I understand – especially watching the first half, we weren't good enough. And I take responsibility for that because I picked the team. We've been trying something different because over the last few weeks, we struggled going forward. So my thought were to get Ryan, someone fresh and Sean higher up the pitch where he could be a goal threat. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. I think we've had, apart from the last month, which we knew would be difficult with the run of fixtures we've had, we've given ourselves a decent start to the season. I mean, he's correct. Like the start to the season is probably the only thing that could save Newcastle from relegation. Yeah. Like it's, it's really a interesting situation to be in because uh, like the, the bottom three started so poorly that like, even though Newcastle are terrible and have not, they've, what did they have one win in eight or something like that? Yeah. They still are seven points clear at the bottom of the table. But again, want to make that want to make people know, like and I'm sure people know this already. Fulham do have two games in hand. Uh, they're so eight that's, points clear. Yeah, you know, sorry, yeah. eight points clear. Oh, and they're they have two games us. in hand. Yeah. So I mean, and West Brom. Yeah. In hand. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Yeah. Do Just, you have any other quotes? Um, yeah, he on on. I'm not going to read his quotes, but on the goal, uh, he complained about VAR. Uh, said that it's supposed to be clear and obvious. Um, he said, how someone 300 miles away on a TV screen can overturn that is beyond me. Um, I don't think he knows what TV coverage looks like on 
but yeah also uh, also just not 300 miles away like that's just like it's <laughs> just not not true like at all like, <laughs> like i don't even know if the uk spans 300 miles like yeah, i don't know oh okay yeah i don't know how how many miles 300 is so yeah it's like uh atlanta to savannah oh oh yeah well yeah that's that's not that many miles actually yeah now that i think about it um i've got one uh, i don't know if you saw this from carl darlow uh and i was going to try to like download this clip and put it in there but i just couldn't figure out how to do it uh, shout out to newcastle for making it so that i could not pirate their content so shout out to them <laughs> um but he said this there could be no excuses we need to come here and do what they do the business talk is cheap we need to show more on the pitch and the fans and that the fans can be proud of uh, it's back to the drawing board for us. Um, shout out to the players for taking accountability. Um, yeah, so that that's it. Yeah. Let's get to stats then. Uh, some stats. Uh, it has been a very long time since Newcastle United has scored a goal. I mentioned it on uh, Tuesday's show that it's been almost 10 hours. <laughs> Since Newcastle has scored a goal, we have surpassed that. Uh, what is what's? Let me find out how many hours. I think it's at. twelve. It's almost twelve now at this point because it was like ten hours and thirty-five minutes. Been, and I think it's twelve. It's been. Uh, we have not scored a goal from open play in six hundred and eighty-five minutes, which is yeah eleven point four one hours. <sighs> Uh, so yeah, so we're closing in on 12 hours without scoring a goal from open play. Uh, we have not scored at all in five of our last six games. Um, and another stat, Ryan Fraser became the first Newcastle player to be, uh, to be given a red card this season. So congrats to Ryan Fraser. It was also his first, um, ever in his career. He's never been uh, sent off with a red card, but that's no one even tried to console like, he just walked off the pitch and just yeah, went to the locker room. Like, no. it was insane. Like, I, that's something you don't see is, like, no one from the training staff even went over and was like, hey, man, what the what the hell are you doing? Like, <laughs> and yep. he, he just walked off the pitch. Like, yep. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, expected goals. Wait, before you get into expected goals, I do have one other stat. Um, so we talked about Sheffield potentially being the worst team in Premier League history in Newcastle likely i mean and there's i mean i don't know it could be different but newcastle could be the only team that they beat this season uh newcastle actually were the only team that the worst team in Premier league history ever beat uh darby county newcastle lost them one nil as well um and they did not win a single match after that or before that actually but that was earlier in the season similar to kind of what we thought was going to happen with Norwich last year where Norwich ended up not being the worst team ever, but Newcastle yeah. were one of the only wins that they had last season and shocker. It's happened once again. Uh, and I actually like given how bad Sheffield were at finishing clear cut chances, this could be their only win of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they're not losing games by a lot. They just can't finish at all. Well, 
Neither can we. So. Like they're they're argue, they're worse at, than Newcastle at finishing, which is a feat within itself. Like Fulham well, are in a different boat of like, and then we'd be worse than them, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like Fulham just literally cannot create chances. Sheffield create chances, but like they hit it straight at the keeper or miss wide every single time. Or there was that one today where Reed Brewster hit the post and it bounced back into Dubrovka. Like that's like they just unlucky as hell. It, that's unfortunate. Darlow, not Dubrovka. Yeah. I mean, um, same difference. In <laughs> uh, expected goals, we had we had 1.05 expected goals, which is shocking. Um, it was basically came from two chances from Callum Wilson inside the box, and then uh, Sheffield had 2.01 expected goals. Obviously, the penalty, and then Elijah just mentioned the other that Brewster hit the post, and I just gave it away. But who led in expected goals for Newcastle? Callum Wilson was yeah. Uh, baby and share he had the first shot on target People uh, forget <laughs> jeff hendrick led in expected assists it was one of the he would have had the assist if cal wilson put that goal away and federico fernandez would have had the other assist had callum scored either of those and then uh sheffield had 62 percent of the chances they had 17 shots to r7 four shots on target to r3 um they had passes completed with uh within an estimated 20 yards from goal sheffield had 12 we had two and ppda which you want a number under 10 definitely um under under seven is probably is really good uh newcastle had a 24 (laughs) so that means we let sheffield united pass the ball 24 times before we actually made a defensive action on the ball so before anybody made any effort to stop them from passing the ball, it took 24 passes. That that's interesting because I, just I le- that's average. I legitimately, I don't think it's ever been that high. It, it it's been close. It's been, we've been no. in the twenties before. I just don't yeah, know. but I mean, but like when we were in the twenties, it was against like a Liverpool or yeah, a Man yeah, City. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure the last time it was that high was like Man City last year, or like a team that plays with possession. Yeah. Um, and like Liverpool are very much like they want to hit you on the counter, but Man City like are very comfortable on the ball and like we've let them have a lot of the ball and we're fine with that. But against Sheffield, 24s. Uh for that's, that's bad. Reference uh Sheffield's PPDA number was eight, which is really good. So uh <laughs> Greg, uh, this point. is on, on that note, because this is I think this is relevant and we didn't talk about in match play, but I definitely want to hear your, your thoughts on this. I think for me, the most frustrating thing was that Newcastle did not press. Um, yeah, like, like that, oh, that, yeah, that's something that it? it's like, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's, it's very annoying because it, it worked against Arsenal. It worked against Leicester and it worked against Liverpool, but it's just like those three teams are so much better than Newcastle that like, unfortunately did not yield results. But like if Newcastle had employed the same pressing techniques against Sheffield, they would have clearly had more chances. Like it's just like yeah. like they were uncomfortable on the ball as well. Like they like there were times where they looked like they were like peak Barcelona against Newcastle, but their back line certainly was not confident on the ball. So like you could have pressed them easily, and it does not make sense why you would not press the worst. And I cannot stress this enough: the worst team in arguably Premier League history. Like I just why would you not press them? Like the, I don't I don't understand that. And the PPDA thing just made me think about that because it's like, yeah. 
like not only did you not press them, you encouraged them to have possession, which yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah, even C. Bruce said that he likes and he's been trying to get them to press more and then completely takes it out of game plan against a team you should obviously be pressing against. But uh, 538, they have – they project how the season's going to go and we are dropping. It's a free fall. Uh, we've been in the 42, 43 points by end of year uh, from 538. But after this match, we have dropped uh, – we are expected to finish in 17th just clear of relegation right now, according to 538 uh, Newcastle are projected to finish with 38 points uh, Fulham getting relegated at 34 uh, then Sheffield at 24 and West Brom at 22. So uh, we have Newcastle have a 22% chance to get relegated uh, we still have less than a 1% chance of winning, winning the Premier League, though. Uh, we have less than a 1% chance of qualifying for Champions League. And we have a 2% chance of a top 10 finish. Uh, so not good numbers. These are, these are definitely the worst percentages of the season so far. So we are, we are inching very close to the relegation line for the season. Elijah, who's your worst player? I mean, I, I don't. Like you, you said yeah. this earlier, Ryan Fraser. Just, no, I mean, the, I don't have a worse player. Like you said that you're like, we'll do worse player because it's the best. But like, like the whole team was bad. So like, I I don't. But it's also like it felt like watching a team that had given up already. Um, like Sheffield, we knew this. We said this. Sheffield were going to want to pick up a result from this. Like. Yeah. They desperately need to, and this is a vulnerable team like Newcastle that like you could pick up a result against if you needed to restart and regain momentum. And we've already seen this happen. Like Fulham played one of their best matches of the season against Newcastle, went down a man, and we're still able to walk away with the point. So it's like this is a te- this is a game that the bottom three teams have circled on their calendar. Like they are wanting, they they think they can all pick up a result against Newcastle, and so when you go into that that this match with Sheffield having that mindset and Newcastle having the mindset of like we just want to walk away with a draw, like there's no there's no worse player because everyone is terrible. There's 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 I don't know. I mean like I I literally I'm trying to think of like who is actually really bad and like I don't I don't know like like Jeff Hendrick gave the ball away a bunch, but like so did every other player in Newcastle, like. I don't know. Yeah, who scored has it. Uh, So I usually name the players that had a seven or higher. We had one, and it was 7.00. Kieran Clark is the only one that that got to seven. And then – but there were uh, three players that were not substitutes that got below a six, and that was Callum Wilson, Sean Longstaff, and obviously Ryan Fraser, who got a – lovely 4.93 rating um and the Callum Wilson thing's a bit unfair because he's of course getting docked for like things like losing possession and playing like bad passes low pass completion percentage but it's like he was and it goes back to last year and like our good friend Merzen brings us up all the time the Joel Linton criticism like some of it is deserved but a lot of it is like we are hoofing it up to literally someone by themselves. And when it happens to a person like Callum Wilson, who not only has produced in the past for other teams, but has produced for Newcastle this season, people are starting to finally wake up and realize 
hey, maybe it's not the player and maybe it's the idea that our offensive strategy is to hoof it up to literally a striker surrounded by three, like three or four defenders. Like that is not a good strategy for offense. And maybe, just maybe, that's probably why Joel Linton wasn't that successful last season. Yep, that will be it. Uh, any any last words on this? I'll just, just say this real quick. The Chronicle have kind of gone through their speculation regarding the Steve Bruce situation. And I guess we can kind of discuss this in more detail as we go to our news episode because it is an interesting week for news. There's a lot of interesting topics that we can kind of dive into, but this is one that is is quite interesting. Um, they're, they're under the mindset that Steve Bruce is not on the hot seat. Like he's on the hot seat in regards to the fans, but the logic they used to, to, to say that Steve Bruce is likely going to keep his job is sound logic. They essentially point out the fact that he has a seven figure compensation fee. It is of course still the lowest in the premier league, but it is still seven figures. Um, and the reality of the situation is that if Newcastle stay out of the relegation zone, Bruce would have satisfied the blueprint of, of Mike Ashley, which was stay up, which was to stay up in the Premier League and uh, keep the club in top flight condition for new owners. Uh, so essentially, as long as Steve Bruce does not enter the relegation zone, this is what the Chronicle are claiming, he is not on the hot seat. Like, he will not get fired. Um, and, and right now, unfortunately for Newcastle and unfortunately for supporters, that's something that – probably won't happen for another two to three weeks like Fulham have to make up those matches and pick up results for for us to enter the relegation zone but if you're any person with any sort of common sense you realize that like it's Bruce's time is done like he doesn't really there's not much he can salvage from this season outside of just his normal luck so uh yeah I don't know It'd be cool if I could wake up tomorrow and write a Steve Bruce has been fired story, but that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. We're more likely to hear that James Harden is on the 76ers than, uh, than Steve <laughs> Bruce is fired. So, uh, all right. Well, that is going to conclude this one. Um, we're going to be having it on, on Friday, basically for the weekend. We'll have a news podcast for you all uh and we'll dive a lot deeper in alan st maximin and steve bruce and uh, there's a lot to cover uh even deandre yedlin will be mentioned uh cord and some takeover news so yeah takeover news we'll have loan updates not good we'll do a cyberbullying segment because uh that's something that people are talking about now so again uh so yeah so that will be a there will be a lot to cover in that one but until then uh, we appreciate all of you for listening and that will conclude this sheffield united recap i'm your host greg troxel that's the best damn coast in the land elijah newsome and we will see you a little later this week away the lads stay safe fam and i love you guys Looking at the old time bridge, I'm coming home, Newcastle. I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown hill. I'm coming home, Newcastle. If you never win the club again, I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming To be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand.
And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine Walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home Then I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Phoenix door Plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Linda Swan in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the darkness in James's Park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother seeing hitting her way I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in James's park In the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home